How's it going, everybody? Um, my name is Seth, and this is the Gray Rush Podcast. Today on the podcast, we're going to have Aldo Enchetta, who is the Asset Management Director or Director of Asset Management for Dominion Senior Living. Uh, he's got over 10 years of experience in the space, and uh, we talk on a number of super interesting points, um, one of them being lead generation and management, like how teams can kind of work through making sure that they follow up with leads in an efficient way and the systems that they use and some of the KPIs that they use, such as calls and things like that. Um, so we get to some pretty technical stuff there. Uh, we talk about what a director of asset management is and is that job important? Um, and we talk a bit about the stress that executive directors go through um, and just a super informative piece to let anyone who wants to know about this space um, know how they could better support their community and the teams they work with, the residents that they are uh, taking care of, and things of that nature. So without further ado, the Grey Rush Podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grey Rush Senior Living Business Growth Podcast. Wow. Uh, today, we have Aldo Enchetta, who is the Director of Asset Management for Dominion Senior Living. That's right. I believe they have, correct me if I'm wrong, in all properties under management, 17 communities? 17 communities 17 across communities. three states. That's right. Yeah. So I'm um, just really excited to have you here. I've known Aldo for quite a while in a number of different facets, but when I first met him, I believe you were the executive director at uh, Morning Point. In Calhoun. That's in right. Calhoun, mm -hmm. which was... Was that your first kind of run of the gig? That was my first industry? executive director job. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. did you get into senior living and why? Man, that's a good question. That's yeah. a good question. So let's take it back to 2006. Okay. So I was that, just born. Yeah, right. No. Pretty much. <laughs> really. Pretty much. So um, uh, I, was, I was in at Southern and I was actually majoring in biochemistry Okay. Uh, wow. I was a pre-dent biochem major. So my goal was to become a dentist. I wanted to be a dentist. That's my whole life. Not my whole life, but in the last, you know, three recent years before sure. that, I was like, yeah, dentistry is my thing, man. I'm going to go into that. You know. Did someone inspire you? Or is it just like. You know, I, I like just, you. it was, I felt like it was a good fit for me because I, I like, you know, dealing with my hands. I like fixing stuff. I like, you know, mm -hmm. doing that sort of thing. And so. And I wanted to do something in the medical field, right? Yeah. And nice. so, you know, I, I kind of, you know, kind of have that knack, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't. But I thought I did back then. So I majored in that. So my first year, it was, you know, packed full of all kind of science courses, math, and, you know, all this stuff. And the second year, actually, the second summer, I read the book by Robert Kiyosaki. I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. And I was like, business is for me. Yeah. So that was, I was that's like, a, how do, what? Yeah. I was just going to say, that's an, it's such an inspiring book to so many people. It is. It really is. It was yeah. the first book recommended to me when I even considered business for the first time. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a paradigm shift mm -hmm. to typical thinking. Right. And so I felt it, you know, speak to me. I was like, yeah, this is, this is kind of. This kind of resonates with who I am. Mm -hmm. And so let's figure out how we can make these two things work, hmm. right? So there was, there's a lot of overlap between, you know, dentistry and business. You you kind Especially of have to be an entrepreneur, yeah. yeah. You have to be an entrepreneur to run a good practice mm -hmm. unless, you know, you decide to practice with someone else and then they run the office and that sort of thing. 
And, and oftentimes, and this is not a knock on physicians, they're extremely intelligent, mm-hmm. but they're oftentimes they're they're not good businessmen. Yeah. And so, you know, we've had people like that in our family, et cetera. They're just brilliant people, but, you know, terrible with business yeah. and um, not not successful in that in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I was like, okay, hey, let's let's join the two. So I changed my major to business pre-dent. So I was like, okay, we're still doing like this. a half step. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I was slowly transitioning mm-hmm. over. And so <clears throat> uh, I changed my major to business pre-dent. And the second year, my sophomore year, um, part of my class schedule was OCHEM, organic, organic, organic chemistry. And, uh, <laughs> well, it was interesting, man. But, like, I don't know. I just, I stepped into that water and I was like, nope, 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 nope. And uh, backed out. I could have stuck it through yeah. and, you know, seen, seen how it went. And that wasn't even like the hardest class in, in the chemistry uh, program. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people suffer from uh, PCHEM, which is physical chemistry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, looking back on it now, it, it may have been fun uh, to go through that, but I'm glad I didn't do it for several other reasons. Um, and so I was like, you know what? No, I'm going fully into into business. And along mm-hmm. this time, you know, in the business school, um, the, you know, you have an advisor sure. that you go to sort of a mentor of your career or, you know, school career, academic mm-hmm. career. And so I had, um, Dr. Montague, um, oh, great guy. Oh, solid dude. Solid dude. And so, yeah, I really appreciated him. And he just happened to be, you know, head of the long-term care club as well. And so oh, I, I was talking, they had a club. That's great. Yeah. Uh, we did back in the day. I don't know if, if it's still a thing. Uh, I haven't really followed up on that. But so, you know, I, were t- I was talking to him about my goals, about what I wanted to do, the combination of medical and business. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be missional in, in nature. And he just said, have you considered long-term care? I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. As is the re- response of many people, you know, yeah. during that um going to college time nobody hears about that no, mm-hmm. nobody hears about you know taking care of the elderly mm-hmm. as a viable option for you know a career mm-hmm. so um whoops and so you know in talking with him i was like yeah this this could be a good combination It'd be some sort of an administrator sure. of a healthcare community facility whatever so i mean there were several several ways you could you could skin that cat and so i decided you know what Dentistry is not for me. I'm going to go ahead and put that to the side. Additionally, I just, you know, I felt I didn't want to be in school for 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. So, and let's just be honest, I really wasn't the best student. And you have to be a good student to do that. And by mm-hmm. a good student, you know, it's putting in the hours to study, to mm-hmm. read, to memorize and, ger- and regurgitate information. Mm-hmm. My learning style is more about understanding learning concepts than just... Yeah. memorizing body parts yeah. you know more practical and get yeah out there sure and try some which is important and obviously sure. you know to be a good physician you have to you know understand the anatomy of the body mm-hmm. um or whatever you practice um so anyway that's when i decided to switch to that and then you know shortly thereafter i kind of decided to go into the long-term care route and uh more specifically towards assisted living communities um this the state of the skilled nursing facility is nationally it's 
kind of in the stress. Even back then it was, and so even more now, uh, just you know, based on a lot of regulations that come have mm-hmm. come down the pipeline, the 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 difficulty in operating a skill yeah. nursing facility, so etc. All that anyway. So I decided to go with assisted living, and so that's uh, that's how I decided to get into that. Yeah. And then it's been eight years. No, it's uh, just been, over 10. Just over 10 years <clears throat> totally, like with your feet in this industry. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a lot of people who go into a new career, you have a lot of expectations and thoughts and like you think one way mm-hmm. then you get in, you start experiencing things and you realize, oh man, this is so much different. What is something, or it can be a list of things that you would like your younger self coming into this industry to kind of know to maybe catch up and get to speed a little bit quicker to like know how to operate so it was interesting because i didn't i didn't just go in i guess head first into the industry yeah Yeah. um i was actually starting my my master's degree in healthcare Mm -hmm. um after we won't get into that but um you can if you want to (laughs) we got time no we uh well try to start a, a business and it just didn't pan out yeah basically and i was like you know what let's get my master's degree well you know trying to figure stuff out sure um but anyway during that time doing my master's in health uh, mba in uh, concentration in healthcare, um i started working at morning point as mm-hmm. a receptionist and so my journey into this has has been nothing you know everything but linear yeah i was gonna say as a receptionist i had no idea yeah so i started off as a as a receptionist just you know Getting one, getting my foot in the door, two, I needed a job. So, you know, let's let's do that, evening receptionist. And so mm-hmm. from there, just it's just been a journey uh, of, you know, going from that job to another job to another job to, you know, filling in here, filling in there. You know, so I started as a receptionist, part-time receptionist, then I moved into a full-time receptionist position. Uh, and all along those two times, you know, I was filling in for activities directors if we, we had turnover or if they needed something. Mm-hmm. I was helping in memory care. I was helping in, in different areas. So it was kind of like a self-imposed director and training program, yeah. you know, during that time. So I got to see everything. And and honestly, I feel like that was the best way for me to do that, Yeah, you know. Get to touch uh, everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You you get into everything, and so, um, you know, then from there, naturally, just advanced to business office director, and then, you know, just wait for my turn, you know, for something to open up and for me to pounce on it. And I just happened to have been, um, the winter of two thousand fifteen. Or, you know, beginning of 2015, when I was asked to come down to to Calhoun, I said, yeah, let's do it. So you were doing all of these, like the receptionist work, the filling in for the activities director, memory care stuff at a different community? At several different communities. Oh, it so was actually, like yeah, so I started area. off in on, in the Shallowford okay. uh, community mm-hmm. before it was turned into a full memory care, which oh. is a beautiful restoration there, uh, or remodeling. And then um, I moved to Greenbrier Cove, mm-hmm. and uh, there I was uh, business office director. And then I moved to Hicks, the Hickson location for some time. And then I just kind of, um, I guess I was put officially into a director and training program. Okay, nice. And then, you know, just kind of bounced around different ones. Yeah. And then that's when um, I was offered that position. Yeah. And then how long were you the executive director? 
almost four years, I would say, like oh. three and a half. Yeah, three and a half years. Yeah, it's four years. What makes a good executive director? That's a really good question, man. It's, <clears throat> you know, everyone everyone has a different temperament and a different mm-hmm. leadership style, mm. right? But I think I think a good executive director is is one that is involved in the day-to-day lives of not just the residents but you know the team you know your staff um somebody that is consistent but also you know flexible there's just you know several several different ways to look at it but when i when i try to identify a good ed from from one that struggles the one the, the the good eds are always in the trenches yeah. They're always there with their team. Mm-hmm. They're they're putting on gloves, man, and they're 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 doing care. They're putting on gloves and they're ser- serving or even cooking food. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're getting called at night and you're you're coming in to to help. You know, with all of that, there's a thousand other things that an ED has to do, mm-hmm. but that is the most important to make sure that you bring um, sort of cohesiveness to the team by being present sure. and by actually connecting with your team. Mm. Do you think that you ever struggled or EDs usually struggle with like life balance? Cause I know with these types of roles, like you're saying, you're going in at night, you're on call. In a lot of ways, it's like being a physician on call all the time. Mm-hmm. Cause you're, uh, you're always needed. Were you encouraged to like strike some type of a balance or was that kind of like led on your plate? Like, Oh yeah, I'll figure it out myself. And I'm, I'm usually the type to figure it out myself anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I will have to say that in this industry, I don't know that it's the expectation from the industry, but it is the reality that work-life balance is a little more towards work than it is life. So it truly has to be a calling and a passion Mm. that you do this because you're going to be, you're going to be doing this a lot. You're going to be putting in the hours quite a bit and maybe to not see results for, you know, six to eight months in in any you know facet whether you're talking about you know turning around a team from a culture standpoint or, you know, mm. turning around financials turning around you you name it you know yeah. uh, getting getting a good mix of residents in in your in your community it, it all takes time do you think that a residents pick up on the culture oh yeah like it, okay so yes absolutely yeah it's 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 the competitive advantage yeah I, Go ahead. Go for it. No, no, I was just going to basically re-say it. Okay. Well, I was going to ask them because I've had some previous experiences in a company where the culture was a huge problem when I came in. And then mm-hmm. I was there for two and a half years. And my style would have been like, okay, well, clearly there of the 10 apples, there are six bad right here. Burn them, throw them out, fire them, whatever. You know, just very like cut and dry. Hey, we mm-hmm. do not tolerate X. But the person that I worked under had a little bit different mentality of, just kind of take the band-aid off slowly mm-hmm. try and offer probably more opportunities for grace than you should have been offered and like it was more of like a long-term changing of the culture mm-hmm. have you seen both of these types and do you think that one is better than the other and like how would you go about or how did you go about changing the culture so that it can effectively increase resident happiness yeah. and, and experience yeah i do think it's gradual yeah. And not because you shouldn't get rid of the bad apples, but because when you first go into some, you know, organization, you have to get to know 
the people. You have to understand what the current culture is, what, you know, what those bad apples are and mm -hmm. why, why they're bad apples. And, and you have to gain the trust of at least the majority of, of your team, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, that takes some time. You know, the best advice I got in the beginning of my career was you just need to go out there, shake hands and kiss babies. And I took that to mean you have to build trust. Yeah. And not just with, you know, a team, but also the community at large, et cetera. But from a culture standpoint, you have to, you have to start with baby steps. And, and in, in both of my latest leadership positions, that's, that's basically what I've done. You just, you start slow. You don't make any changes. You don't do anything. You start getting to know people. You learn about their families, their likes, dislikes. And then you start going from there, right? Mm -hmm. And you start identifying what those are. And, you know, one, one of the best quotes I heard on, on leadership as it relates to culture was mm -hmm. you have to have high grace, but also high accountability. So you have to have them both. And so when you say you have identified these two, these six people and they need to go, they probably do need to go. Mm -hmm. And there's something to be said also for doing something like this gradually, because you can, you can hurt the team by getting rid of all these people. Yeah you know quickly but just as much as you can damage the team by allowing them to stay on for a while so yeah. part of building culture is also protecting the culture so you have to protect the culture by ensuring that the the the, the culprits of toxicity mm -hmm. are taken care of some and some you do you do give them a chance obviously yeah. and you try to coach them sure but you, huge. you'll know like you'll know who doesn't want to change Mm. or won't change or has a really hard time changing and it's not your responsibility at that point to yeah, they've made to choice. change them yeah correct yeah. and so your responsibilities to your team your culture and your clients so thanks for sharing that um shifting gears just a little bit so executive director and you said that there's some overlap in in the in the leadership aspects between that and the director of asset management what does the director of asset management do um and do you think that that role is important for small medium large size community like senior living communities or what level is that role appropriate that's a really good question um i would say that you know for my previous role which is which is you know operation specialist essentially so yeah you're overseeing everything yeah you're kind of looking at a region or a bigger scope of communities mm -hmm. to asset management um, you go from leadership of specific communities to more of a high level view of the communities um, such so that you can give account um, for where we are, you know, in the portfolio. Where are we right now uh, with, you know, this initiative, yeah. mostly around, you know, financials. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the way that I would describe asset management is, is essentially it, it asset management is, is, um, kind of been a little bit difficult to explain to, for me, but, um, so, so asset man, so, so REITs or, or, you know, companies that invest in the ownership of, of buildings, mm -hmm. right. Like that, that don't manage the property have asset managers mm -hmm. that implement whatever business plan needs to be implemented in mm -hmm. order to take 
no, not implement, maybe hold the management team accountable to implement the business plans that have been decided sure. by the ownership uh, group, right? Mm -hmm. And so the um, their role is, is to keep up with management group with the financials with the performance of the building comparing you know different kpis etc mm -hmm. the position that i'm in is more of an internal asset management because you're operating because on this property. because we're the management company yeah. right right but there's also communication with with you know different ownership groups you know that, that um that own the properties that you manage mm -hmm. excuse me um, so you're, you're kind of acting not necessarily on their behalf, but in a way that you can facilitate the, you know, the seamless communication or implementation of these business plans with, mm -hmm. you know, the ownership group outside of maybe let's say that you also own and operate because there, there are plenty that own and operate yeah. their own communities as well. And, which um, is more common by the way, because just for clarification sure. for anybody who may be listening and maybe not be as familiar such as me. Uh, you have two buildings. One of them is owned by Dominion, the mm -hmm. property, mm -hmm. and, and then they also operate as as a management company. Mm -hmm. Then there's another op option where you have this property that is owned by someone and you are operating, essentially leasing the building under your brand for Dominion, and they own the property, so you're leasing it. Is that what I'm understanding? It it could be that way. Uh, but I think most of the time it's sort of a, either a joint venture or a management agreement. Okay. Where you don't own the asset or own a part of the asset, and your bigger responsibility is to manage and operate that building, mm -hmm. right? For the ownership group, regardless right? of the brand, it could be your brand, their brand, doesn't matter. Well, yeah, it either it depends on how you want to structure that. Yeah, yeah, correct. It seems like real estate, and the, there's so many creative ways. We you could... happen to use our brand for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, part of our portfolio is. Um, Owned part, you no, know, mostly owned by REIT, and we manage that for them. But we also have ownership on that. Um, and then you know another part of our portfolio is is owned and managed by Dominion Senior Living, but it's all under the brand of Dominion Senior Living and Everlon. Gotcha. That's super interesting. So, if I may recap, what you actually do is you are a communicator between a lot of these different parties. And then you're also looking at the potential future properties that you may want to acquire for either the building of or the operation of. Kind of. So, yeah, that's that's all part of it, right? So it's KPI management. KPI management. I would say. And then um, risk management, trying to see into the future as to what could potentially come in uh, from a financial standpoint and, you know, distress the properties. Um but I also wear different hats in this position. I'm not sure. only doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm kind of involved in operations. Given my background, I think it was, you know, it's a good fit for me yeah. to do that. Uh, you know, I stick my foot in the sales side as well. Uh, so, so there's there's a little bit of everything happening. Uh, also, on the not necessarily like tech implementation, mm -hmm. but you know, I I sort of uh, um, self-imposed the spearheading of looking for technologies that could increase efficiencies and okay, in nice. the how yeah. long have you been doing that i mean honestly it just as it comes as yeah. it comes um it's like oh man this could be useful for that but also have to it has to fit the overall um strategy of yeah. you know of dominion etc so yeah i would say those those few things um 
from a sales standpoint, I, I help keep track of those KPIs and communicate. We have weekly calls with what we call focus communities, anybody under, you know, 94%. And so we 94% try 94% occupancy? Mm-hmm, correct. For so, like what period of time? A day, a week, a month? Yeah, a month. We're pretty flexible on that. If they drop below that, we kind of go back on there. But, you know, the operations team is is con- constantly talking with them. So, you know, there's <clears throat> if somebody dips down below for, you know, a week or two, we don't really need to mess with that. If we see that it's going to be more consistent, then we talk about yeah. strategy and everything that comes with the sales um, strategy. Okay. On that. So, um, but yeah, that's in a, in a nutshell. So, of. so is your role needed? <laughs> is my role needed? <laughs> and that's kind of a funny question. It is a good, it is yeah. a good question. I, I would say it depends on, on what your goals are as a, as a, as an organization. Yeah. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these roles are, are contracted out. There's almost always somebody doing asset management for these to make sure that, you know, KPIs are hit. Somebody, yeah. somebody has to keep track of it. Yeah. I was going to say it, it, it seems like it would be to your advantage to have someone on internally who can do that. And like you're saying, wear a couple of other hats, sales operations, because a contractor will give you something. And then someone who's actually working under the same roof will give you hopefully something similar, but usually the, the alignment is a little different. Yeah. It seems. Yeah, 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 yeah. The day-to-day relationships where you're building. So on the sales side of it, I was recently um, spying on you on Facebook. Ooh. Or excuse me, LinkedIn. There you go. And Nick Jamison, the vice president of business ops for uh, American Healthcare Mm -hmm. something. Yep. He had this post, which I wish I could show it. It's kind of funny because it's got like the clap hands in all caps. Your old leads aren't dead. They just need more time. New leads won't fix all of your problems. Of which Aldo said, yes. I did. Lead gen is vital, but unless without, or excuse me, but is useless without uh, lead management well memed because there was a meme involved. That's right. It was really funny. It was well memed. So let's talk about new leads, old leads. Mm-hmm. Just I'm I'm gonna leave it open to that, and I'll ask some more pointed questions. But talk to me about what what your new leads and old leads. Oh, new leads, old leads. Like what do you do to manage them? How do you make sure that you're managing them well? I so for example, That's just to interject. Question. Yeah. Um, I've had some work that I've done in real estate and it's wholesaling and when it comes to leads like your ability to manage a lead effectively mm-hmm. and make sure that you have follow up when you say you're going to follow up and not mm-hmm. let things fall through the cracks mm-hmm. it's actually really hard if you don't have like a very specific system set up correct to, that i almost won't let you correct drop it through the cracks so what do you do how does your team do that excellent question so like you so well put you know there's and and i tend to think of sales as a you know three in three different boxes, you know, you have lead generation, lead management, and closing. Mm-hmm. And if, um, you know, they're kind of interdependent um, on one another, if you don't have new leads, you can't manage them because right. you don't have leads. Yeah. Excuse me. And if you're not managing your leads, you're not going to close them. Yeah. You're, just, you're just not. You might, you might get a few that are emergency leads coming in. It's like, yeah. oh, I need placement now. Yeah, timeline is just super quick. Yeah, and that's mostly around memory care, some AL. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, those those are the those are the three things that that we really you know try to look at. For you know, lead lead generation is is an interesting one, and it shifts right. It shifts based on demographics, your market, etc. Some markets are better than others. 
uh, when it comes to, you know, getting leads, you're, it's not as saturated, um, mm -hmm. you're not as isolated, et cetera. So, so there's different things that we do to deploy that there's always, you always have to have like just the old school pounding the pavement, making relationships with, you know, potential referral sources that are going to send you people such as hospitals or hospitals, discharge planners, um, you know, professionals such as, you know, elder law attorneys, you know, elder law attorneys. Wow, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that one. Yeah, elder law attorneys. You have um, financial planners. You know, one thing I learned uh, from my previous life uh, from VPS uh, sales was, you know, when people are in distress and they need something, they go, you know, they go to three or four places. They go to their, you know, they go to their church or their religion. They go to their family. They go to their attorney, and they go to their financial planner. You know, because they have to consult those four yeah. things. You know. Um, and so you, you go where they go, you know, and that's something that, you know, we kind of try to teach as well, at, you know, at, at Dominion, you, you go where the leads are, you go to the churches, you go to financial planners, you go to attorneys and, you know, obviously hospitals because, you know, there's old yeah. people there. How do you go to the churches? I'm very fascinated with this. You build a relationship with them, right? And you try to provide value with, you know, to, to them, um, you, one of the ways that we do it, it's um, you you try to involve churches with your community because oftentimes yeah. you know visitation that kind of thing visitations etc. So hey come come you know this person is here that would love to see you um, and oftentimes we find that pastoral pastoral staff staff like to come and you know have devotions and have you know words with people and mm -hmm. and so we we have them come in so it's like a little bit of a partnership from a from a spiritual standpoint right and so besides that you know we try to offer seminars um to to churches mm -hmm. uh, around you know topics that would interest um the senior population or the adult child like you know fraud how do you how do you handle fraud that, that that's a huge thing you know there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of people scamming you know the elderly um, how do you plan for the future? How do you pay for assisted living? How do you, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Um, and you know, the topics that are of interest from a health standpoint, et cetera. So that's, that's one way to do that. Other ways to do that is, Hey, let's, let's do an event and let us sponsor it, you know, kind of thing like sponsored by morning point or dominion or, you know, Brookdale, whoever else yeah. is out there. Um, and so, um, anyway, that's, that's just kind of, how we do it, we, you build relationships and partnerships yeah. and you try to impact the community together. Yeah. So you said you've been searching around for like software efficiencies. How many pieces of software have you kind of brought in or helped change or make more efficient over the time of this? Uh, Dominion? I think I've helped to introduce a couple of uh, ideas. Let's say, you know, the actual you know, technology itself varied because we were looking at. So we, we implemented um, a digital marketing company. And we talked about that before. Um, and we just now added, you know, I guess another component on top of that, another company uh, on top of that initiative to help, you know, to to help find hidden leads, it's, uh, essentially, in, in our in our website. Um, it's called Rubric. If you guys if you guys don't know about Rubric, check them out. R-O-O-B-R-K. Uh, awesome company. Uh, really cool product. Not a sponsor. Uh, not a sponsor. <laughs> just kidding. Not a sponsor. Yeah. I don't get paid for that. Um, so, um, what was I saying? Uh, rubric, the software is, oh, the different software impl implemented. Um, we've looked at several different things that we're trying to line up for later, like 
creating efficiencies around um, uh, admissions mm-hmm. and paperwork. Uh, so there's there's several different things around that. So that's yeah, yeah that's a that's a big deal. Uh, so there there's there's some companies out there for that. Um, been messing around with what you know BI products look like, but right now the the software that we have is 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 doing okay. So it's doing well. So we we use Yardi, you know the juggernaut out there, and we use basically all their all their stuff. We use their their billing, their CRM, and their EHR, and they have a BI tool that we we're starting to use more now, and they're they've really invested a lot into that, and so it's starting it's starting to pay off, and we're getting some some you know pretty good um graphic kpi yeah um, out of out of that so I love a good graph hmm? i love a good graph me too me too what does bi stand for business intelligence business intelligence okay that's right that's right. maybe a newbie question yeah no no that's good I, we're only I, in episode three so. yeah i'm just throwing out acronyms like you, <laughs> yeah. yeah i got so, ao assisted living so the other kpis yeah, yeah, that's right. i got that looking into other stuff as well from an hr standpoint like just trying to automate as much as yeah. this is my mind you know, my company might be kicking me under the table and just say, shut up, you know, but my, my, my whole thing is like, how can we create efficiencies the best way that we can? Well, at the same time, if, if you implement too many things, number one, too quickly, it, it's too they much. Burn people yeah, too exactly. Secondly, it. if you implement too many things that are, you know, unrelated, yeah, yeah. We're, you need to have a common you know, point. So you have to do it strategically, Yeah, you know, and so try to do it slowly. Flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I so over the course of the uh, past fifteen or so years, I've used. I can't believe it's almost been fifteen years. Yeah, since I've like started doing little business stuff online, um, especially during college. But when I started my first company, you know, you you figure out all of these new little apps that are coming out that you can implement just in a website alone, from chatbot mm-hmm. to whatever, um, in, in email campaign stuff, and you know you know your ad sales management all these different pieces of software that you end up using and now more and more they're they're being coupled and like joined in together so mm-hmm. like all turning into these big snowballs and then you can pick a few so it'll be interesting to see what the next several years pan out especially in this industry because there's a lot of room for growth i think yes for sure within this one there's still a lot of paper trailing that goes on mm-hmm. like how can, how do you digitize that how do you move that into the next there's a few good companies century. out there doing that and i do see some consolidation happening like yeah. you're talking about and hopefully we'll see something good, you know. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, oftentimes when you know consolidation happens, it's just like this giant company taking over. Yeah. You know. Um, and anyway, so yeah. Um, kind of going back to the lead thing. Um, so there's the lead generation part of it, and we try mm-hmm. to support our teams, but there's nothing like you know creating the relationships. So we try to support our teams with digital ads, with you know. The, the rubric thing I told you about mm-hmm. with, you know, trying to implement, um, send resources where, you know, the community best thinks that we're yeah. going to get bang for the buck. Of course, we A-B test everything, make sure that we're getting a return. Um, so that's, you know, lead management is, it's a, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, lead, lead generation. Lead management is a tough one, right? And you do need a good CRM that's, you know, going to, Make it as simple as possible for the sales team to mm-hmm. be able to keep keep track of it. Um, the you know they won't we have right now Yardi's you know it's doing a decent job. They they had a major upgrade recently over the last several months, and we just upgraded to the new uh, newest platform, and it's doing it's doing what it can uh, to to go from like the legacy 
um, software that mm-hmm. it was to some of the new stuff, and I, they're they're doing a lot in that um, in that realm. But anyway, so we we have to not only be able to use a system, but we have to also have the right behaviors. So from your team, from your team, and you can you can track those behaviors with the CRM. And that's really, I would say, the most important thing that that we try to do. We need to track the behaviors that create, you know, the the funnel. And by funnel, I mean, like, you mm-hmm. know, from, from lead to yeah. move in, you know. And um, um, so we, so we do on, on a weekly basis, when we talk about that, um, you know, we talk about all the leads, you know, where they are in mm-hmm. their stages. And we talk about... Uh, next steps and and that sort of thing, but but then also we look at how many phone calls have you made, you know, in the last month yeah. or the last week. I was going to so. ask behaviors. These are the behaviors. These are the behaviors: phone calls, touch points, touch points, touch points. How much time have you spent with these people? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can track that. Um, how much time you spent with them? How you know what kind of follow ups you've done? Your notes. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can see all that. And it's not it's not for uh, micromanagement or you know doing Overwatch, but it's it's more like it's to understand. Yeah, it's data. It's, it's, it's exactly right. Knowing like, okay, well, we can tweak here. If you just do this differently or a little less of this and a little more of that so that your your time spent is net, net zero yeah. and, and increase your, you know, um, closing volume, mm-hmm. then great. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so and there's some people that are really good closers but terrible managers and mm-hmm. there's some people that are great managers but like terrible closers, you know. And so we have to get with the team on that as well. Sometimes it's the salesperson mm-hmm. brings them in, tours them, manages that lead all the way to the Moving. ED closes them because they're the closer, yeah. you know? Oh, I didn't know that. Executive director is always usually the closer. Last no, person. no, no, no. But that's, that's that's the team. You know, okay. you can make, if, if, if well, you, you probably want a, a salesperson that can close. Yeah. But, you know, if, if the ED is a better closer... You know, it's yeah. You know, Whoever's the best closer, put them in front. Of put them in the front. Yeah. yeah. Put put them in the close. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes our BODs are the best closers yeah. or managers. You know, so something cool that you mentioned um, about the the funnel. I don't know what kind of graphic representation you already gives you, but being able does that allow you to see? You let's just say you have four stages in the funnel, mm-hmm. and if you have a buildup of leads in like one position, then you can know like how to give more attention to that specific area. Like it's just that's really sweet. yeah. It's actually a literal funnel. You've got new leads, you've got um, prospects and uh, tours and then move-ins. And so you kind of, yeah, you kind of see that there. You can also break it down by lead status and you know where all of your leads are. Yeah. And breaks it down. Like if it's, let's say, hot and cold, warm, hot, just, you know, we have other, we have other uh, descriptions. But you can see everyone that's cold, everyone that's warm, everyone that's hot, you know, Who's changed in the last thirty days, in the last two weeks, in the last ninety days? Why did they change? Why they moved? Yeah, where, where, where in this process have they moved from or to? Um, so that we know how to how to best you know, get a plan of attack going. Yeah, for that. That's sweet. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So ch- switching gears just a little bit, um, I wanted to ask you about over your tenure. And it can be with Dominion. It probably will be Dominion just given the world circumstances in the past three years. But the most stressful, like intense period that you have um, endured as a, personally and as a company involved in this industry, what was that? And what are some of the challenges you had to face and then overcome? Yeah, man. So there's no doubt. There's no doubt that COVID really threw a wrench in the gears. 
for the industry and it was very stressful. Yeah. But in the position that I was in, I was nowhere near as stressed as our directors were. And honestly, I would I would I would go to my executive director experience. There was there was another time in my life where I was more stressed, you know, that I was more um not under the gun, but um a more intense time in my life than when I was an executive director. It's a very intense position. Hmm. And um, some people make it look easy and some people make it look really, super, really hard. Really hard. <laughs> yeah, I was probably somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rank myself as a average or slightly above average executive director, you know? And so, um, but yeah, man, it was it was tough. There were, I remember one, one instance where, you know, you get the stomach virus and it goes around and once it hits the community, it just like spreads like wildfire, not Mm. just residents, but staff, man. And, you know, having the staff get it is almost tougher than getting, having the residents get it. Yeah, taken care of. Yeah. And so I had, I had one time where, um, just about all of my staff got it and it was just me and one other RA and we were just like we were working doubles like night just her and I just wow. like yeah taking care of these residents the kitchen staff was okay thankfully and that uh, just using all the like double gloving double masking double you know gowning all of that yeah. just to keep ourselves healthy wow and uh man that was that was intense that was that was like three or four days in a row of just that just yeah. white knuckling through it like yeah man that's what you had to do yeah thankfully it's mm. about a 24 to 48 hour bug and so we started getting some people back yeah and so that was yeah that was that was pretty intense that one you and that ra get pretty close after that experience uh we have been pretty close you yeah. know the, the thing i tell you about like just you have to form those relationships trenches. man yeah. yeah absolutely you gotta walk around dude you have to get out of your desk like and that's you know when, I, when we talk to ed's um <clears throat> It's like m- most of your work during the day is not going to get done. Like you're not going to do anything. Well, I shouldn't say that. You're, you're not going to get a whole lot done administratively during the day, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Because you're going to be out. You're going to mm-hmm. be strategizing with people. You're going to be meeting with your teams. You're going to be helping here, helping there. You're going to be in the trenches. Uh, it was... It was a rare day that I didn't just bust into my wellness director's um, office how's to it talk. Going? Yeah. Well, not just how's it going. It's like, hey, how's this person doing? How's that? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Who's on hospice? Like, you know, so like you got to know your residents. You got to know your mm. team. And in order to do that, you have to be out there, you know, and that's that's the part I loved. You know, it was it was it was great. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you you would like you'd come in early and you would leave late. Because you have to get stuff done as well. So you'd stay over, you do your reporting, you know, you do what, what you need to do um, from an administrative standpoint um, throughout the day. And so, yeah. then of course, you do, you know, business development stuff as well. Mm. You go out and you meet with the community and you develop relationships and, and you know, you get to rub shoulders with people and, you know, try to impact the community. At one point, I started a radio program to try to, you know, help the community understand more about aging and you know, memory care and that sort of thing. Is so this in Calhoun? Yeah, this was in Calhoun. That's pretty how'd, interesting. How'd that go? Yeah, I got a pretty good response, man. Yeah, yeah it was uh, people people were liking it. And so I think the more you can do for the community, yeah. 
the you know the better response you're going to get. Yeah, be be visible. That's a, that's really good feedback. Be visible as a community in mm-hmm. your community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so kind of wrapping up within the industry, there's a lot of change going on. I was talking to uh, Franklin Farrow, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. who's co-founder and CEO of uh, Morning Point, a couple weeks ago, and we were just talking about really random things that kind of go unnoticed to the untrained eye when it comes to like visiting communities for example one of them was um when you walk in the smell Mm -hmm. i've heard of some people using popcorn smell like machines Mm -hmm. franklin said they use some kind of a scent he didn't want to give away (laughs) what (laughs) scent they use so there's like these really interesting things that communities do to kind of set themselves apart is there anything in the next I don't know, it can be from a year to several years in the future that you are thinking about that is exciting for like innovation within the industry. Man, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, Think on it for a minute. Yeah, I think, I think I will think on it for a minute. So, you know, what Franklin's referring to, um, are, are ways to improve person's perception you know, mm-hmm. or first impressions yeah. um, of the of the community, and not just first impressions, but how how well someone operates and how good you feel when you're in a community is a good indicator as to whether they'll move in or not, yeah. right? And so, Morning Point does a great job at that, and um, so that's you know that's 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 part of it. And there's several different things that you can do uh, for that. As far as innovation is concerned, man. I am I am curious as to what robotics and, and machine learning and AI is going to be able to do in our communities. There's a few there's a few um you know tech companies out there trying to disturb the space as well when it comes to resident care. There's some, you know, predictive software that could help, you know, prevent falls from happening, from even happening. Because like camera or sensor camera, you know, whatever, like there's some that claim that they can predict or, you know, prevent 90% of, of falls from happening. That is a huge, that is a huge percentage. Yeah. So obviously they're expensive, but you know, it just, it senses you and it uses some sort of AI coding to be able to, or algorithm to be able to uh, predict whether somebody's yeah either yeah. the gate or if somebody gets up at night and it's you know they're leaning wrong or you know and they can apparently predict it you know 30 minute, 30 seconds before it happens or something like that 30 seconds to a minute before something happens wow so you know there's some good opportunity there um, to improve quality of life um, there's also opportunity there to help you know from a staffing standpoint i think everyone talks about the silver tsunami Soon we're not going to have enough people to take care of, you know, mm-hmm. all of these people that need help. So I'm curious to see what, you know, AI robotics and, you know, different things are going to be able to do for, for, for this industry to, to help maximize efficiencies yeah, in that regard. For sure. Yeah. The, with more of that stuff, cause it tends to be pretty expensive right now for the use of it. But as adoption increases, hopefully that people's, these companies, bottom lines will be able to absorb more of the. Or just be able to offer things at better costs. Their yeah. costs will go down. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, super interesting stuff. Thanks so much for coming on and giving your perspective and your story and all of the wisdom. We're going to have plenty of awesome clips to nice. clip up for the social media and things Sweet. like that. But yeah.
Thanks, Thanks for having so me, Seth. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Super fun. fun. Yeah. All right. See Thanks. ya.